Welcome back to the Photo CEO podcast, where photographers Megan Mondrell and Frederica Gullickson teach you how to build, grow, and scale your photo business. After nearly 20 combined years as photographers and over 2,000 plus clients, we have taught photographers in 36 different countries the mindset and business strategies that helped us go from one to two shoots per month to two to four shoots per week. Take action on what we teach and you too can have consistent 10K months without losing all of your free time. Welcome back to the Photo CEO Podcast. Megan and I are here again today, and we are going to talk about something that's super exciting, a major goal that Megan hit in her business this year. And uh, so we're going to talk about that, and we're going to talk about what's coming up for her in the next maybe year or two, um, or even long-term plans that you have. Um, So do you want to share what happened in your business this year? Yeah. So... I have had lofty goals for my business and I have to say when you were saying like for long-term goals, I need to find more long-term goals now. Cause I'm like, when people ask me like, Oh, what's your, what's your goal for like the next five years? I'm like, I don't know, man, I've tapped out on what my goal was, honestly, (laughs) but tapped out in what way? Well, I need to think of more big goals, I guess. Is it because you're <laughs> reaching them so quickly? <laughs> yeah, I am. No, well, the goal that I have already reached this year is um, being a six-figure photographer. That's something that I saw when I was starting. The people who I bought education from liked to market themselves as six-figure photographers. And I was like, just that's how I come across most of my goals is I'm think of it randomly one day or see someone else doing it. And it's like a challenge. I'm like, I wonder if I could do that too. Or like, I'm just going to do that. And then I tell someone and they're like, that's crazy. You know, with the six figures, they're like, I don't think many photographers make six figures, Megan. And I'm like, I will. (laughs) So, and I think that I had made that a goal for myself um, for when I was 23. So nailed it. Um, a lot of times too, I randomly set dates for goals and then it just kind of happens. Like it was the same thing. I think we talked about on the journey one where I had set, I want to be a full-time photographer by my birthday. And then a week before my birthday, I ended up quitting my job for like kind of unrelated reasons, but was still then a full-time photographer. So, (laughs) um, I hit hundred K probably halfway through 2022. Um, and my, so hundred K was like, my goal. And then I had set another goal for myself that was like to push myself past hundred K, um, for 155 K. Um, and I like to do that because I know that if I set a goal for myself, I'm going to be like around that goal, but it's better to set a higher goal and then like for sure hit the other goal. And so right now it's still possible that I could hit 155 K, this year. Um, I am implementing some ad strategies in the next couple of months here, but it's also okay if I don't. I think that I'm at 122K right now um, and a sales value of 180K for this year. Um, So my numbers are exciting. I've hit that goal. The next goal though, one of the reasons why I wanted to do this podcast episode is because it's really exciting for me to listen to podcast episodes where it's like, I hit a million dollars. What's next? Because then I feel like it helps me with the dream building process. Um, And so maybe I need to go and listen to some of those podcasts basically to figure out what I want to do next. (laughs) But I think, I think too, it's like inspiring for other people to hear Mm -hmm. that it is possible. And 
Um, I mean, you went through your whole journey leading up to this year on one of our previous podcasts. So go look for that. Mm -hmm. Um, because it's not just like a straight, a straight line to, to that, right. There was a lot of ups and downs that you went through. Um, and so it's it's really interesting to, right. Yeah. Yeah. It's where, sorry, if you're not from Canada, you might not know what a hockey stick looks like, but (laughs) basically like you're doing a lot of work and the results are maybe very slowly building, but then it gets to a certain point where it starts to grow exponentially. Like it keeps doubling on top of one another. Um, so then I knew that some of my other goals that I wanted to set for my business was to incorporate my business. I wanted to actually be able to take on employees. And I also wanted to have the ability to hire people, um, in other countries And therefore, the piggyback goal was to have my business be worldwide. So to have um, associate photographers in different countries, that was like my big goal. So, you know, I was like, I'm going to hit it, but who knows when I'm going to hit that goal. And I would say like 2023. um, And obviously, when I say things like, oh, I said this goal and it was kind of random and then it just happened. I don't want you to think that like I'm not actually working towards these goals, but <laughs> it's- Yeah. So what are the, if I can give you a question, what are yeah. like the three things that you did that you could give to someone else? Like what are the three major factors that went into you reaching that 100K goal that mm-hmm. will also carry you forward into your bigger goals of incorporating and going worldwide? What are three values that you either live by yeah. implement in your business Well, the first one is that you need to protect your goal. It's whenever you are going to be communicating these goals to other people, you're going to hear people be like, oh my gosh, you can't do that. What are you, what are you thinking about? And it's almost like sometimes you may not even believe yourself by being like, well, it's going to happen for me. Or it might feel silly, might feel conceited. And I like within my family, that's kind of like a joke is that. I have that like conceited air where I'm like, well, if anyone can, it's going to be me kind of a thing. Um, And I do that half jokingly, but also because that's the story that I want to tell myself is that if anyone's going to do it, it's going to be me. Um, And so that would be one thing. No matter what your goal is, you have to make sure that you're protecting that shit. Like it is a plant that is in the middle of this huge field and there's only one plant and there's so many birds that are trying to rip this plant out of the earth. And there's also, it's cold and you have to water it. Like you have to take care of it, but you also have to protect it. Maybe there's like a hungry person that's like, "Mm, there's some strawberries over there. I'm going to go and take some of that. And you'd be like, no, keep your hands to yourself. That is my (laughs) strawberry. I worked hard for that. Um, So that would be one thing. Protect that goal. Don't let anybody try to tell you that it's not possible because as long as you tell yourself that it's possible, that's like the first step, really. You have to continually tell yourself that it's possible and never truly believe that it's not. (laughs) That's one thing that I can say is I've never believed that I couldn't make 100K. I've never believed that I couldn't go worldwide or couldn't incorporate. There were moments where I'm like, I don't even know where to start. I don't even know who to contact. I just don't know. Like incorporating, I have no clue. I've heard whispers of it being so much money, such a hard process, yada, yada, or hiring people in different countries. It's scary because of the legal stuff, but it's never that I never believe. It's not like I can't do it. It was just like, okay, that's scary. And there's going to be some things I need to do in order to get there. So then the next tip would be 
when you have those feelings, you believe you can do it wholeheartedly. And if you don't yet, you're going to be saying things that feel silly until you believe you can. (laughs) And then you have to just ask yourself the very simple question of how. How can I? So for 100K, how can I make 100K? You know, before I had a team, how can I make 100K knowing that I personally can only do X number of weddings? What would I need to be charging? And then it moved on to, oh, okay, a team. How many weddings do I need to do combined with what they would need to do in order to make that? And then also, how can I make money to be putting into marketing so that I can get those weddings? Um, And the same thing with incorporating. How can I figure out how to do this? How can I get the connections to be able to do this? How can I save the money to be able to do this? How can I, how, how, how? Um, And so then from there, it was, um, and, and a lot of that is just in the background that I would just ask myself, maybe I'm driving or something. My brain's kind of always doing something. And it's pretty natural to me at this point to be asking those, how can I questions? Or, you know, like last year I picked up a part-time job because I was kind of bored in the off season of photography. And I was, I just thought those kind of questions all day while listening to podcasts. And then more intentionally this year, I sat down with a notebook in a room with no distractions and asked myself all of those, how can I questions and dove really deep. Um, So that could also be a potential of something that you do if you are feeling like it's not flowing super easily. Can I pick up on, there's still one thing left that we're going to go to, but um, to one thing that is consistent between the two things that you just said, one, protect it, two, ask, how can I, those are both related to an internal mindset practice more than anything. So mm-hmm. the pr- the protect is like, yeah, I, I'll be careful about who I tell this to and, and tell my big dream to, but also for the people who I do say it to, I have the internal mindset to protect it and to just reject the story that they're trying to give me and consistently tell myself that I can do this. And if anyone can do it, it will be me. So mm-hmm. you're practicing that thought over and over again until it becomes your natural way of being and acting in the world. Then the second part, how can I, you said, it's pretty natural to me to do that now. That's because you practiced it over and over and over again when it wasn't natural, a natural question to always go to. And now it is a natural question for you to automatically ask, like, when I have this goal, how can I? Mm -hmm. Right. So that's really interesting. Yeah. Both mindset things. And I think that the how can I has always been like, I think that it started ages ago when I was working a job. Um, and I was still in my one semester of university and it would be really slow. And I was trying to think of things to do. And I just like that entrepreneurial kind of spirit. I'm like, I want to make lists of how I could make this work, break down all the numbers. And that's how I spent my time. But then I think in, um, I guess it would have been 2021, Ricky, you said that. And I was like, Oh, that's what I've been doing. And then it became more intentional instead of it being just like this fleeting when I have time and so much extra brain energy because I'm sitting at work doing nothing, I'm going to do this to, oh, this is something that I should be asking myself more often. So the awareness behind that question as well made it more impactful and intentional. Mm -hmm. Okay. So Uh, what is the third thing that you would say? So the third thing is that 
you need to be aware of where you're putting your energy. So one thing that I like to do, again, it's a very internal thing. (laughs) It's a question that I ask myself um, when I'm feeling overwhelmed or when I have lots of things to do. Um, So pretty much, well, I guess I don't feel overwhelmed every day, but this is a question that I ask myself every day. What can I do today to move me towards my goal? So you have the belief, you have the, some of the answers of how you're going to do it, but then you need the action piece. And you need to always be aware of where you're putting your energy towards because it's so easy to take actions that's not going to move you towards your goal. And it might seem like it is like redoing your website or, um, you know, posting to Instagram. That could be the answer depending on what your goal is. But for me, it wasn't. I haven't posted that much this year. I've posted to my stories every day. But for me, what's going to help me reach those goals is vendor connections. It's obviously fulfilling on all of the weddings that I had this year, getting all those galleries out on time and creating those great relationships with people and getting those reviews and all of that side of things. What can I do today that's going to make move me closer towards my goal? And sometimes, I'm going to be completely honest, Sometimes that was, I'm going to clean my house today because who I want to be within this goal is somebody who takes care of their space. You know, I have a vision of who I am going to be when I am incorporated, when I am worldwide, you know, business, when I am millionaire kind of a thing. And so every day, what can I do to move me towards that vision, that goal? And so I would like say that's it. like the action piece. I was, yeah, I knew that you were going to throw an action piece in there. I was like, there's no way that's not going to be a part of this. <laughs> um, but I like that one thing I want to point out is you, it's, you have the goal, you have the belief in yourself, you have a general outline of like, this is what I need to do. Like, how can I, right? You start to put a bit of a plan together on the steps that you need to take. But when you're asking yourself that every day, it kind of sounds like, um, it sort of depends on the day, what actions you'll take. And you don't necessarily know a hundred percent that the actions that you're taking are going to be the thing that you have to be doing that day in this order, in this perfect way. Does that make sense? Like you're, you're just, you're taking action. You have the general goal you have, or maybe more of a defined goal, but you have the general steps that you, you think that you need to take. And then you do something to act against that versus trying to think like, okay, what do I need to do in this moment, in this step? No, I have to do this step before this one. And then you, you know, wear yourself out. You just kind of go in and make a plan and do it. Well, and that's another big piece to it is that sometimes these things that you know that you have to do um, are not difficult, but there's a huge block uh, for them. So for instance, I like to keep, I'm not I, I, okay. I am a big scheduler, but I'm not somebody who time blocks out my entire day the night before. And it's laid out exactly how I'm going to do it. Um, I just don't work super well that way. And I need to follow a little bit of the dopamine path, you know, like what's going to help me reach my goal, but also like, what am I going to be able to do today? And I mix some of the harder things in with that. So one of the things that I had to do, the accountant that I'm talking to in regards to incorporating was like, this lawyer is really great. You should reach out to her. Here's her number. And in the moment I was like, I don't want to call this lawyer. I don't like calling lawyers. <laughs> so then I looked it up and I emailed this person. Cause I was like, an email will probably work too. I'll be like, I got your information from this person. And then I thought was probably like 10 days ago. 
So every day I'd be thinking to myself, I haven't gotten an email back from this person. I need to do something about that because they're going to be booked up and not be able to take me on for February. And it's going to be this big mess. But then every day I'm like, well, let's give it one more day. I'm sure they have lots of inquiries and emails coming in. So I'll give it a little bit more time. And so what's the belief there? Like, I, I don't want to do this and I don't really want to bother them or I don't really want to like look like, you know, like I'm being like pecking at them being like, why haven't you emailed me back yet? Well, that, and we've had experiences with lawyers in the past where it's like, I know it's going to cost so much money. And I don't know, like have these fears, which aren't true. You just have to find your right people. And the accountant that I found was through a friend who works at an accounting firm and is like, this person's amazing. I talked with her and she was like on my team, which is what I want to look for. I want to have like a boss group of people who are all on the same team, all like wanting the best for each other. And we've had experiences in the past. We've um, worked with lawyers and I'm like, it just feels like anytime I contact you, you're going to charge me for it. So I'm like, what if I ask a question on the phone? And then she's like, $300. Thank you. Or like something like that. Right. Where I'm like an email. I don't know. Then I don't have to tell her what stuff I do and don't know and all of that stuff. But then I would think about it. It would pop into my head where I'm like, oh, I have to call that lawyer. But then I'm like, I have all these other things that I've already decided that I'm doing. Um, And in your brain, you're like calling this lawyer. It's going to take so long. It's going to take so much energy. But then, you know, sometimes when I have lots of those things where I'm like, oh, right, I have to do this. I have to do this. I have to do this. I write it down and then I sit down. I'm like, this is what I have to do before the end of the week. And it took me literally three minutes. I called this lawyer and was like, hey, so-and-so recommended you. And then she's just like, oh, awesome. Yeah, I'll have time to take you on. It's going to be this much and I'll send you an email which I still actually haven't gotten an email from them. So I might have to call them again. I don't know what's with email and this lawyer, but she was really nice. And it's just things like that where, yeah, it's, I mean, regardless of what your personal reasoning is, it's uncomfortable to call a lawyer for most people. It's uncomfortable to call in general for some people. And, you know, taking those big steps that you know are like, this is the thing that I need to do. I'm not going to be incorporated without a lawyer. Like, why am I messing around with like Christmas presents for clients, which is also important, but like (laughs) not going to help me incorporate. (laughs) Yeah. And the Christmas presents for clients thing is like a multi-hour project versus just calling someone for five minutes. (laughs) (laughs) But that was what was harder for me, right? So sometimes you have to, um, when you think of those things that you have to do, the next steps, the things that are going to move you forwards, once you think of them, just do don't think anymore. Just do it. (laughs) Yeah. That's what I used to find too, is like, anytime I started thinking about it, I would resist it versus Mm -hmm. if I had the thought and then just jumped into the activity, it was like the easiest thing. Um, Or when you get that burst of like, I don't know if it's necessarily courage for you, but for a lot of people, it's going to be the courage to like get on the phone, for example, or, um, I don't know what another example is to reach out to somebody. It's usually when we're reaching out to people. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. It, but it's so crazy that those are the most life-changing moments. Yeah, totally. Like yeah, totally off tangent, but I felt the same kind of way when I was like doing this application for this building that just went up a block away from me. And I was like, maybe I'd like to live there. I don't know. It has a very 1920s vibe and name to it. And I'm a huge great Gatsby fan. Um, but then I was filling out this application and it was a, thorough application. And so I was like, oh my, they probably are looking for people that have way more money. Like this is brand new. I know what I pay for my place, which is the same neighborhood and not as nice of a building. 
And so it would have been very easy for me to like halfway through this application been like, uh, too much work. It's scary. They're expecting too much of me, all of this stuff. Um, but it turns out it's actually like the same cost and yeah. some of them are cheaper than the one that I'm at right now. So it's like those little things that are going to make the biggest difference in your life. And it's the outside of yourself outreach kind of thing. And it's scary because it's outside of yourself, but that's the only way that you're going to be able to grab onto anything and pull yourself forwards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's really important. Cause like, even what you were describing there with the application, it's you, I don't think you would have actually stopped, but you were hesitating on finishing filling that out because of a story that popped into your head. It wasn't because of anything they said to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Like just the, literally the question of like, how much do you make per month? And I'm like, well, I guess I could really say anything because I pay myself out of like a bucket. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, they don't say anywhere how much the places are. I'm like, I don't want to say the wrong amount because I'm not locked into an amount and ah, I'm overwhelmed. I'm and it's not like, it. and it's not like a scale of like, yeah. And to 30,000, 30 to 60,000. Like, put your like monthly list income. Your number. And I was like, that's very fluid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. Do you, what, the question is, what do you want me to make? And I'll make that much. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, okay. So one was protect your dream, mm-hmm. if that's what you want to call it. Um, the second was remind me. The second, so protect your dream. The second one is ask yourself how How? constantly. That's like the question. Whenever you're curious, whenever you have something where you're like, oh, that's going to be hard. Oh, I don't know how to do that. Oh, I don't want to do that. How, 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 how? Always followed up with how. You'd be in the freaking grocery store and look at something and then it could remind you your business. How? Yeah. Always ask how. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you just sent me an Instagram thing the other day yeah. uh, and being like, how can we use this? And you and I go back and forth with stuff like that all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've already implemented it in my business. <laughs> nice. Nice. There you go. <laughs> well, or like, I love looking at the different copy or like advertisings or like branding on any product anywhere. I love seeing how they, like the words they use, figuring out why they do that. And then being like, how can I apply that to my business mm-hmm. on the subway in New York, reading all the ads. And I'm like, oh, I wonder why they did that. And why the male ad, like it's like multivitamin, male version, female version, they're worded differently. Why? Does that, do you think that works? How does it work? How could I apply that to my business? Like that's always the thing that I'm talking about. Maybe that's exhausting for some people, but for me, that's always what I'm thinking about. Well, I think um, it's taking what's in your environment and learning from it, right? Mm -hmm. So that you can apply it to your own business. Yeah. And we talk about that in- we like talk people. about that with our students, right? It's like, mm-hmm. we've done that multiple times with like looking at Apple, for example, and mm-hmm. how they run their business at certain points. And how can you do that in your business? Um, yeah. We talk about, we have, you always share like different ads, like you were saying inside the group, yeah. being like, check this out. What, what draws you into the, this ad? This is what drew me into this ad. How can mm-hmm. you use it in your business? Well, and even like, um, when you have a friend that tells you about some purchase that they've made and you're like, you can just really pay attention to why they made that purchase. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, was yeah. it because of the price, the look of the product, something that the advertisement said, something that a salesperson said to them, you can be learning from everything. And that's when those how questions can always be put into place. How can I offer that for my clients? How can I put that into my sale sales process? How can I make the value such a no brainer? Like the value of this, whatever it was that my friend bought. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. So the third thing was to take action essentially, right? Take action basically. Yeah. But not just action in general. It's not just like, I got to be so busy today. And that's how I'm going to know that I did a good job. And that's what I used to do. Yeah, It's like, what can I do to move my business forwards today? And the beauty of that is that usually it's not going to be 12 hours of work. Yeah. Usually for me, it is for what's actually going to move my business forwards, probably two or three hours. Hold on a second. Sometimes I have tedious work. Would you say that that is still true if you're thinking about getting your business started or are you potentially looking at having eight to 12 hour days of like actual work that has to get done? I think that, I mean, if you're getting your business started, you probably have another job or you have school. And so you don't have time to be putting eight hours in. Um, I think that the only reason why it might take longer is because you don't have systems and practice doing the things that you do yet. So for instance, like for me, editing a wedding gallery, I might put two, two, two hour blocks into it, maybe total for culling and editing versus if you're starting it might, and you don't have systems and all that kind of stuff, it might take like 24 hours, you know, but like the things that you're doing, even if I were to start a business over again, I would still probably spend two or three hours on the business. It's just the fact that you have to learn how to do things quicker, um, Mm -hmm. in order to get to that point. Um, but yeah, especially thinking about people who are working jobs or they have to take care of their kids during the day, or they are going to school during the day. It's impossible to think that you have to be spending eight to 12 hours on your business. Um, And I think that a lot of the time people do and you hear those stories and you hear the whole, I gave up my nine to five for a 24 seven, which I hate. Yeah, I'm thinking about my business all the time, but like people who work are probably also thinking about work most of the time too, when they're not at work, Um, especially if you're making decent money at your job. (laughs) And so I think that that's a huge misconception. And I think that as soon as we like as a culture of entrepreneurs are like, no, I actually only work five hours a day. I think that that's, and it's because you're putting in the work that you actually need to put in, not just Mm -hmm. like, I'm going to fiddle around doing blogs for three hours, or I'm going to fiddle around um, trying to decide what to post on Instagram for two hours or that kind of a thing. It's like, I'm going to email these three people. I'm going to call this one person. I'm going to respond to these inquiries. I'm going to edit this one gallery and that's it. Yeah. It sounds like uh, for people who are in the beginning phases of building their business and maybe they have similar goals to you of like reaching that six figure mark or more. um, When you are starting to take action, the best thing that you can do is set yourself up to have a system in place that you know what you're doing when you do have the time to get into your business every day, set up your system, set up some processes for how you're going to go about each yeah. activity. And especially if anything is repeatable, making sure to that making sure it's repeatable so that you don't have to put the effort in and recreate the wheel every time. Mm-hmm. So it kind of sounds like that's what you're saying is the, the best thing to do at the beginning is to um, figure out how you can systematize, systemize, Systematize. Uh, I think it's systematize. Um, But create a system. Figure out what that system is that helps you get the most out of the limited time that you have each day. Yeah. Like, don't think this takes me so long. I'm going to have to always take this long for this thing. And even to this day, like, I at the beginning, I didn't look into keyboard shortcuts for editing or anything like that. 
But now I'm always asking myself how still. So I'm like, how can I do things faster? Because I know that that's how I'm going to be making more money because time is Mm -hmm. money. So how can I edit quicker? So I am learning different shortcuts to be editing even quicker. And because the real reason, honestly, isn't to do it quicker. It's because I have calluses on my fingers because I refuse to use a mouse and I use my trackpad. And I'm like, how can I use my trackpad less? Mm -hmm. (laughs) My poor fingers. I have no fingerprints. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's, yeah, that's taking care of yourself. How can you do mm-hmm. things? I, I think that's a question that you ask yourself a lot too, is how can I do this faster? How mm-hmm. can I not have to redo this? Yeah. Like flip that to I the have positive the need though. For speed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How can I create this one time and then just like send out this email template? Mm-hmm. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. How can I create this one time and then pay someone else to send it out for me? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> oh man, that's awesome. Um, is there anything else that you want to share? Do you want to share about what your plans are for the future? I don't know if we touched a whole lot on that. Yeah. I feel like the next year at least is going to be put towards incorporating in the spring and then putting things in place for worldwide business. Um, what does worldwide mean to you? Like, where would you start? I'm curious about what countries you would start in. I feel like I would start in the States and then I'm thinking, I'm like, where do I have connections Mm -hmm. in other countries? And that would probably be um, like Germany, the UK and go from there. Um, So that's going to be probably two years, pretty dedicated to that. And within that, I want to have a team manager because the team aspect of things when I grow that is something that I want to be putting more intentional energy into. Um, And then obviously another thing that is really important to me uh, and a big goal that still has to do with business is that in spring of this year, I really want to make sure that I celebrate actually hitting the goal of incorporating because I didn't celebrate going (laughs) full-time. And I wish that I had. So I am thinking two birds with one stone, maybe going somewhere in Europe and making some connections there um, as like a celebration thing, but also as a kind of work thing. (laughs) (laughs) The two things that you love. Yeah. Past then, the only other goal that I have for myself. So I need to have some middle goals. But then I was also thinking, because I've been thinking about this stuff. People have asked me like, what's your goal? And I'm like, I don't know. And I feel silly saying this other goal because I feel like it's so far in the future, but it's probably going to take multiple years, all of the years between now and then to do it. Um, And I should just start thinking about that. How can I retire? How can I be semi-retired by the age of 30, ideally 27, which feels silly to say. And I, because I'm still in that place of like building that self-belief um, and so when I am in the position where people ask, I feel kind of silly saying that because I don't think that I'm ready yet to, mm-hmm. you know, when I was talking with people who are doing my ads and they're asking me what my long-term goals are or, you know, that kind of a thing, because that's like unheard of for people. People, that's like laughable. You want to retire when you're 30? Hold your horses, girly. Yeah. There's no way. But I know there's a way. I just haven't asked myself how enough. And it's not that I want to completely be packing everything up at the age of 30, but I know that I want to have kids. And I know that it's going to be very important 
for me to be able to invest a lot of time into those relationships. Mm -hmm. And so I want to be semi-retired where I still have responsibilities in my business, but they aren't always time restraint responsibilities. They're more decision and so it's like retired meaning retired meaning like you have someone leading the team leading mm-hmm. the photographers taking care of the editing yeah um you're going to be very much involved in still you're building a machine that allows you to have that time freedom as well as financial yeah. freedom you're not looking to build a business and then evaporate it once you've built it right yeah. yeah yeah no the business will still be there but i just want it to basically be running without me yeah um I will still be the person to put out big fires and I will still be the person to make decisions, but so it would be like a four hour a week thing. The photo CEO. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> the photo CEO for Sherzies. Yeah. yeah. I really think that you're the person who embodies that the most. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. thank you. So that's, I guess that's my next goal. And I think that I just honestly need to, this has been like photo therapy for me. Because I'm like, you know what? That is my next goal. What am I talking about? I don't have a goal in the future. That is my goal. And I just, I need to start following my own freaking advice and protect that goal. Be okay mm-hmm. with like other people saying that it's silly um, because they're all like, I mean, I get it. People are hating the fact that they have to retire at 60 or 65 or whatever, or never retire. So it's very triggering to hear yeah. somebody who's 23 being like, I'm going to retire in seven years or less. And they're like, I mean, (laughs) even if it was by the time you were 35, that would still be a huge accomplishment. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then I need to ask myself how more. It's not just this like long-term distant thing. It's like, okay, that's my next thing after worldwide. That's the next thing that I'm working towards is how can I make everything so systemized, systematized, whatever it is, (laughs) um, and have people in control of, you know, their own departments that I can have a bit of a step away. Mm-hmm. But then another side of me too, which my mom says, she's like, Megan, you're never going to be able to not work as much as you are right now. Like you love it. <laughs> I could see, I could see part of that, but I wouldn't be surprised if you find a new avenue to tackle or Kids, even just like, babies. well, that, <laughs> that is going to be a major one for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's really cool. Okay. Do we, is there anything else that you want to share? I don't think so. It was quite interesting. The, the retire, like retire by 30 questions, like how can I do this are going to look so similar to reaching a hundred K it's the same questions of how many shoots do I, how many photographers do I need to help Mm -hmm. me do this? What other team members do I need? What do I need to get set up for incorporating? How many shoots do I need to make per year to pay everybody and pay myself? They're going to be so similar in those questions. And like livable wages. Cause one of the yeah. things too that I'm thinking about now is that it's like, I'm like, oh, this is the position that everybody is in, all of those CEOs. <laughs> yeah. Where I'm yeah. like, I, yeah, I wanna have more people on my team. I wanna provide opportunities for people. I want to do it in a way that is very ethical, where people are making enough money, a very livable wage. And I also want to be taking home a decent chunk of money too. So I have to make, Lots of money. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Is basically the, the gist of the story there. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that's fine because I love making money. 
There you go. That's another story you tell yourself. We talked about that on the podcast last week. I love making money. Money flows to me easily. Do we want to share any updates about the photo business school? Um, I'm curious to hear, or maybe we can tell a little bit about the workshops that are coming up for the students. Mm, Yeah. So in step with me, starting with uh, an advertisement company, we are also going to be having them teach our students about Facebook ads, how to run your own, and Google ads. So, I mean, the investment that I'm making every month to have someone else be running my ads and ads themselves is quite exponential. And so we thought, first of all, it would be good to have like a little test dummy because ads, when you're doing them properly, even if you're doing them yourself, which is exponentially cheaper because you're not paying someone else to do it, it's still expensive. So we were thinking it probably makes sense to have one of us, you know, put that investment forwards and show how worth it it is. Um, and then as like proof to the students that even though it costs money, it is worth it. So that's kind of what's happening there. Google ads and Facebook ads. Um, that'll be really exciting. And that would I be think- put into phase Three, three. Yeah, I think it's phase three. Um, So do you remember from the outline that we got um, what they're actually going to be teaching on? Like it's going to be a whole like how to set up your ad and like going through the terminology and being basically shown how to actually work the technology. Yeah, working the technology, but also um, like getting the most out of it. I've done some ad courses where it's like teaches you about it but I always still just felt so lost (laughs) Hmm. honestly so lost and just like I don't want to throw my money away um but this this team is really cool like when I was talking earlier about I want to add people onto my you know maybe they're not like my teammates but my like dream team of people who are helping me I'm hiring to you know get to where I want to go. I want people who are actual team members, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and who are excited this, to like help you grow your business. Yeah. And this is yeah. this company to a T. So very exciting. And they're a local company, right? They're out of Victoria, local company, but they also have team members internationally, which I think is very cool. Very nice. in line with like <laughs> the hub is here, but um, on my dream team, dream ads team, there's somebody from um somewhere in the states eastern states there's like two people from the island um i think one person from vancouver so yeah that'll be good i'm so excited to see the workshop and how it comes together and mm-hmm. um i'm excited to see what types of results you get in your business from working with oh, the company we should name them sticky media and victoria bc yes um and i'm excited for the students to meet them and hopefully also have uh, good results from their ad spend because nothing feels worse than spending a bunch of money on an ad that doesn't convert. Yeah. Um, yeah. So no, I'm excited. I'm like, when you think about traditional ads and how they work, um, it's for a product that's, you know, somewhere between probably five and $60 is probably your most typical range of what ads are for on Facebook and who hires advertisement teams. Um, so while the purchase 
energy, I guess you could say, like the amount of people, the book, the booking rate might be a percentage that's a little bit lower in something that is a higher ticket item versus something that's lower ticket. Um, the number of leads could be quite exponential. And I'm very excited to be just booked up in January with so many calls. I love sales yeah. calls. I yeah. love making money. I love talking with people and I love figuring <laughs> out how we can, you know, serve them the best that we can also not like overselling them a bunch of stuff that they don't need. So yeah. I'm excited yeah. to be on the phone with lots of people in the next month. Awesome. And then the other piece of news I wanted to share regarding the photo business school again, and this podcast is that we officially own the trademark for photo CEO in Canada, at least. Oh, that's, yeah, that's pretty <laughs> exciting. That's been how long? Like I applied for it in January of 2021 when we just <laughs> decided to work together. Yeah. And because I was so pumped once I came up or once I didn't come up with the name, it just kind of popped into my head. I don't want to take credit for it. But um, as soon as that popped into my head, I was like, oh my God, that's like perfect. I'm going to immediately apply for a trademark on it. Um, and so I did that January 2021 and I did it by myself. And then read online that you really should work with a trademark lawyer for it to actually go through properly. Um, so I was like, oh gosh, this is quite the gamble. My first expense, one of my first expenses in this business was like, was it, if it was like 600 bucks, okay. $600. Yeah. And so um, I, for the first like few months, I kind of worried about it, about being like, oh man, I just wasted all that money. And then I forgot about it. And also had read it can take up to 18 months to get your trademark status back or like they'll tell you yeah. whether or not it was approved For, completely forgot about it and then um I think we got it two weeks ago and earlier that week I randomly started thinking like oh I wonder what's happening with that like are we ever going to get anything it was a very quick thought didn't think about it again and then a few days later I had a letter in the mail from the government you know how in Canada, at least, it's like this brown envelope and it says Government of Canada you know, on like, this it. This could be anything. It's like <laughs> usually a bill, right? It's usually a bill or something. Am I being audited? <laughs> exactly. That's what I always think of when I'm opening it. Sometimes it's like a check and I'm like, oh. Yeah, fine. I love okay. when it's money. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and so it, I opened it up and I'm like, what is this? What ministry of innovation and science? What the heck? <laughs> and then I opened it up and it said, you own the trademark for photo CEO for these two categories. And I was like, and it was regarding photo business and, um, education, I think, or consulting. And so, yeah, we got it. It wasn't a waste of $600 and now we're officially registered. It's almost better and... that we forgot about it too. Cause it was like a happy surprise. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. I kind of like when things like that happen where you, it goes back to what you're saying at the beginning of setting a goal or setting an intention mm -hmm. for something. And yeah. then it just happens, right? It, it's not that you, it's not that it just happens because you haven't done anything. Like if I set the intention to photo or to trademark photo CEO and then not applied for it, that's not going to happen. Right. But yeah. when you take the action and then let it be what it will be more often than not, I think in both of our cases, those things mm -hmm. actually do come true yeah. or, you know, yeah. And I think that the big piece there too, is that it's like some people, when they're saying like, you have to keep this forefront of mind and rah, 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 when I say that, like, I sometimes set it and forget it. It's not that yeah. I'm not working towards it. It's that I'm, it's not like, I'm like, I have a, I have a vision board on my computer and every single morning I say to myself, let's go worldwide. Ooh. 
Like, you know, it's not like I sit, look in the mirror and I say, you know, things over and over again or something like that. Yeah. Like those things are important and they are unconscious. But even when I'm saying like, what can I do to move myself closer towards my goal? I usually don't name the goal. I'm just like, what do I do to move myself forwards today? Kind of a thing. So it's like, after a point, it just becomes a subconscious intention. And it's not like, I don't know, like there's like that girl with quotation marks on TikTok or Instagram reels where it's like, you know, the daily, like I have my aesthetic matcha tea and I go to the gym (laughs) in my aesthetic gym wear with my aesthetic headphones at six in the morning. And I show the clock on my my (laughs) MacBook Pro that it's six in the morning. And then I read 10 pages of my book. Like I, I don't work out every morning and I don't wake up at six, but like, and I don't have aesthetic drinks, Mm -mm. but I do some of those things, but it's not with that, that level of intensity and intention, you know, where it's like, yeah, I read my book, but I'm also not going to be like, "Ah, I didn't read my book today. I'm like losing my identity and I'm going to not reach my goal because I didn't read read my book or whatever it is. Right. So you set the intention and it becomes an unconscious intention and you're working towards it, but it's not something that is like. I don't know. You're like gripping. Well, that's what I mean. Exactly. Exactly. That's uh, what I was going to say is it when you're I, for me anyway, when I've done things like that and I've tried to focus on it every day, I've ended up feeling kind of bad about myself or like you can actively feel the resistance of it every day yeah. um, versus setting the intention or setting a goal and then sort of forgetting about the, the, the magnitude of that goal mm-hmm. and just working right what do I need to do today what do I need to do today without having to like meditate on envisioning maybe there's like you know a good practice that you can do in there somewhere but I think for most people set it and forget it and then just take some action and protect it like you said and Mm -hmm. ask how yeah there you go yeah like a vision board might be for you affirmations might be for you but um, I guess what I'm trying to get out of here is like don't watch a million podcasts on like how to make your goal come to fruition and do all of the things all the time because that's overwhelming. And that is, I don't know, Ricky always laughs when I take it to the extreme. No, no, I, I'm only laughing. (laughs) I'm only laughing because I've definitely done things like that. Yeah. 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 Or I try to implement everything and then it turns into a a stress ball of, you know, trying to be perfect. Exactly. So Cool. You well, don't have to be perfect to make six figures. You don't have to be perfect to go worldwide and you don't have to be perfect to incorporate. You can mess up and that's how you learn is through messing up. And I think that when you're gripping things too much, it doesn't leave room for the mess ups, which mm-hmm. in turn kind of corners you into only one certain very specific path um, and less growth. Yeah. Yeah. I think that path is like more fear-based to try to get everything Mm -hmm. right and do everything right and step by step. And like we lay out a bunch of steps in our program, but I don't know if we've ever said like you have to follow it the way that we lay it out, right? It's it's like, here's what you need. Go and just start doing it. And the steps are for, you know, ease of action, right? But like, even with my team, the number of, you know, mistakes I've made within growing a team, like you know, not being super well prepared at first, not having processes in place. Um, you know, like it hasn't been, it's been messy, but at the same time, like that's been the necessary 
route to grow in that because I couldn't find the information anywhere that was going to tell me how to grow a team. Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. When I grew my team, I knew of like one other photographer who did that. So, and I'm sure that they were not going to be spilling their guts on how they did it. Right. Yeah. Um, which is why I'm excited to be able to teach people what I've done and not that it's like a completely polished and finished process. It's going to continue to change and grow when I'm taking people on in different countries. Absolutely. Um, but you have to be okay with like big mess ups. <laughs> yeah. I think that's the thing that I admired most about you and your business is, um, your consistency, no matter the result you're getting. Right. So like in early days when you were having to learn through trial and error of all these different things, um, and it's literally just your consistency of action, consistency of goal. And it doesn't matter what happens for each of those little things necessarily, as long as you just keep going. Yeah. Yeah. I think we talked about this in the last episode or I talked about it at some point, but like the, the one thing that I tell myself when big mess ups like that happen to keep myself consistent is like, this is when other people would stop and I'm not going to stop. (laughs) Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the photo CEO podcast. We hope you enjoyed our deep dive into the photo CEO mindset. Business is ultimately a reflection of you. So if you want to grow your photo business, you have to first grow you. We will teach you how to use things like fear, imposter syndrome, and limiting beliefs to your advantage so that you can commit fully to your business. We believe that when you commit fully to your business and your growth, your business will commit fully to you. Your success is absolutely inevitable. So make sure to come back every Tuesday to learn from our mistakes get inspired, and take empowered action that will transform you from photographer to photo CEO.